Hey, welcome to Real Life Horsemanship, where we go behind the scenes of the horse industry and talk to equine professionals about what it takes to make it in the horse world. Our guest today is the one and only Kelsey Love Thompson. Kelsey currently holds 10 world titles, all including Ranch Horse Association of America, Women's Ranch Rodeo Association, Ranch Cowgirls Rodeo Association, and National Rain Cow Horse Association Limited Open Bridal. We're excited to welcome this champ of a woman to our show this week. Welcome to the Real Life Horsemanship Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ava Falcon, and today with me hosting on the podcast is Anna Wilson. Hi. And Meg Bennett. Hi. (laughs) And we are stoked because today we get to talk to Kelsey Love Thomas and pick her brain about horses and competitions and just what it's like being, you know, a regular badass in the horse industry today. So we're super excited. Thank you for being on the podcast, Kelsey. Thanks for, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. Um, We're just going to start off like we always do and ask you about how you got into horses in the first place. I just grew up with them. My parents had horses and so I've been exposed to horses my whole life and I guess you can say I've always had a passion for them. That's so cool. Um, So for viewers or listeners, not viewers, no one's going to be watching this, thank God, because my hair looks like... (laughs) trash but um, for the folks who are listening to this tell us a little bit about your business now and what you're doing now and just um help some of our listeners kind of get familiar with you if they aren't already okay so uh i ride a handful of outside horses that basically just use that money to pay the bills with um and then we have put together a pile of horses uh, ourselves so me and my husband have bought some um you know geldings as yearlings and different things and now we're raising some of our own but horses to train up and um put in a handful of select sales uh, a couple times a year is our goal so yeah basically just love riding horses and however i can make that pay my bills so that I can continue to ride horses. That's what we're doing. My husband, um, he's a real cowboy. He works on a ranch uh, for a living. And so I get to use my horses to do that from time to time, like um, Hmm. when they wean or when we brand calves, stuff like that. So most of the time they're getting worked in the arena or around the barn uh, or like small rides out in pastures but they get to see the best of both worlds too so i guess what we want to do is just build like the ultimate uh cow horse that you can use to do uh, anything you want uh on the ranch or in the arena with cow work shout out shout out to buddy thomas kelsey's husband so yeah he's (laughs) definitely a real cowboy i I got the in with Kelsey because he's friends with my husband. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask your friend's wife to be on my podcast. (laughs) And I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I love how the horse world is is really small. It's big, but it's really small. And we love just uh, helping each other out and getting to know each other better. So it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, have you always ridden cow horses, or what? What did your parents use horses for? How did you grow up riding? 
Well, my dad was a bronc rider gr- growing up, but he also uh, trained some cow horses, I guess. Like he did the cutting mm-hmm. thing for a little while. And then uh, he was a horseshoer as well. And so I got to be around Ron Rawls for about 10 years um, from about eight to 18, I guess, when I moved out of the house. Mm-hmm. So just, um, I guess growing up in California on the central coast is cow horse country. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. just, I, I guess I, you guys exposed to it, but I, it wasn't just cow horses. Like I definitely have a love for rodeo and that's kind of where my passion was through high school was breakaway roping and I sucked at it. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so bad <laughs> until about my senior year, I kind of started catching and um, I had always really good horses. They weren't necessarily like horses that my parents we couldn't really afford to go out and buy horses so there were horses that we raised and my parents made um but yeah we always had nice broke horses to to get to ride and get used to that feel um so yeah it was just kind of like a not specifically cow horses but you know ranching and rodeo I kind of lump that all in with the cow horse even though it's not like rained cow horse specifically right. but they mm-hmm. i mean they're just good cow horses kind of where it all the ring cow horse started so um yeah i guess you could say i've been around it my whole life but i did not grow up like in the show pen or anything like that so that was kind of new to me in 2011 right so that was about 10 years after i graduated i graduated in 2001 <laughs> um so time flies but yeah it just I guess in a way, roundabout way, you could say I was always involved with the cow horses, but not specifically. <laughs> it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you were like kind of always around them, but not necessarily directly in the show pen, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. tell us about how you got in the show pen and, um, you'll probably be hesitant to do it, but can you give us kind of an overview <laughs> of some of the successes you've had in the Chopin in recent history? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, well, my first, my first, ex- one of my first experiences with the cowpin was in, or the Chopin was in high school rodeo and I entered the cutting for like extra all around points and it was like the worst two and a half minutes of my life <laughs> it was so bad like <laughs> i don't know if you guys have ever cut but like basically just praying for you know the buzzer to go off it's a two and a half minute run <laughs> um so that was kind of my first experience and we definitely grew from there um i guess my first real experience with like show horses would be uh in the early 2000s, which is also my early 20s, I went to work for really good cutting horse trainer, uh, Russ and Janet Westfall. And uh, they're based out of California. And I worked for Russ for two years. So that's kind of where I started to get my feet wet uh, and really learned what it took to compete at a high level. Okay. Um, so that's mm-hmm. stuff that I still draw on this day even though my program is quite a bit different I still know what is required 
to go, you know, show at that ultimate high level in the aged events or what have you, I guess on any level, just what it takes to compete. Right. Um, so I guess in, I worked for us for two years. So like 2006 to 2008. And then I came back here to uh, my mom's place in central Texas, where I still lease uh, my barn from her. Um, and guess my first real success was in the Ranch Horse Association of America. In 2010, I went to my first show. And uh, so then 2011 was the first finals and we really just, I showed two horses and it was just like one of those dream shows. Yeah. Um, I won two national, yeah, I won two national titles uh, at the, I don't know if you've been Ava, but to the Western Heritage Classic in May in Abilene. I haven't, um, but I need to go with Utah sometime. We okay. just need to. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal to the Cowboys yep. around here. Uh, it's, <laughs> yep. It's a big stage, a big, I'm sure you've heard about it. Oh, yes. But, um, yeah, so when I when I showed up there, uh, they have the Ranch Horse Association of America finals there in May. And not I only was I a girl, I, like, won every go-around, first and second. And then... Yes. They take the top five back to the finals, and we won the Cowboy class and the Ranch hand. So it was just, I was the first girl to do it, and I did it in a really big way. And so that really, yeah, I don't know. It's just something that happened. Like, you really, what they say, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of one of those deals where you can't enter if you don't win. And I wasn't necessarily going for that I mean it was super cool but we just we were prepared for the situation and we just went in there and did good so that was I guess my first mm -hmm. taste of of really doing well and then we've kind of rocked along uh gosh that was 12 12 years ago now wow um, wow I've gone on yeah I know time flies <laughs> so uh what else have I won um I've had some good success in the women's ranch rodeos. Yep. So we won a couple of world championships doing that, which was Dang. awesome. So there are four mm. women teams. And, um, yeah, just kind of like ranch-based events that we do. And what? so I guess some of my most recent wins would be um, in 2020, we won the first uh, world's greatest horsewoman. Yeah. Um, so that was, nice. yeah, <laughs> again, was awesome. that was one of just those kind of like dream shows. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a really cool thing to get to experience at Art of the Cowgirl. And, um, yeah. And then, so this would, this last January, so like two months ago now, maybe not even, uh, we won the fourth, the fourth, the fourth one so i got my second world's greatest horsewoman title um which was probably even better than the first one because it's <laughs> the the show has just grown so much and the level of competition has grown so much so that was really cool and then i guess the celebration of champions which is the nrchs world show 
Uh, we just won the limited open bridal world championship for the, the second year in a row. So that's been, and she's my mare. She's just been a dream horse, really. Oh. She's like honestly taken to places that I have really ever only dreamed of. Quite a ride. And I'm really thankful and blessed just every time I get to walk into the show pen on her. So that's so been, cool. Been quite a ride. I was just going to ask, in, um, all the time that you've been competing and showing with horses, have you ever experienced burnout? And then how did you deal with that burnout? Like, have you ever experienced uh, like a feeling that you just didn't know if you could keep going in the horse industry? Well, it's never been a question of whether I could keep going in the horse industry. Because, I mean, horses at this point are the only thing I know how to do very well. Yeah. And I mean, it's still <laughs> learning process. But, yes, the burnout, yes. Um, you know, like I kind of touched on how our program works, which I feel is a lot different. Yeah. So experiencing burnout, um, most definitely <laughs> it's, I think that's a game that you're always trying to balance as a horse trainer. Um, my program is definitely, I mean, I've set it up the way I set it up on purpose because okay. I've when I was working for the cutting horse trainer, that was something that, you know, that was one of the things why I kind of had to step away from that program. I really liked working for them, but yeah, you know, the aged events and the fraternities and the derbies and all that, like you're on such a time crunch yeah. that it was just, it was too much for me. Yeah. And I, I don't do well unless I'm really passionate about something. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, figuring out, what works where I can keep that, you know, passionate drive going and not get burned out has been a real, mm -hmm. I get teeter totter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is the word that's coming to mind. So, you know, the thing about riding horses and training is it's all about field timing and balance. And you're either working on it and growing or you're regressing. Like it's not something that you can just hold on to and, you know, kind of stay stagnant with, you're either growing or falling back. And so, um, yeah, just figuring out a way that I'm riding enough and getting enough time in. Um, so I guess that's, you know, that's why I only keep like four to five outside horses okay. and why I, you know, we kind of ride mostly our own geldings and I don't have a barn full of show horses. Um, I really just have my one great mare um, and just kind of focusing on that. Um, I know one thing that I've noticed that I've been fortunate enough to do with my program is like, if I have a horse that say maybe would excel in the team roping pen, like we can, I have the free range to focus on that with that horse, mm -hmm. if I think that's, and so for me, that's something that has, helps keep my passion, uh, alive and just helps keep me fresh with it is that I'm not like pigeonholed and right to, um just doing one thing all the time because I feel like that's where I can get burned out um even though like cow horse specifically is three three events and that can be hard to you know get practiced and stay tuned up in those three events um but yeah I I really need I need really need to stay like broader so that I don't mm -hmm. get burned out where I could like, like rope a few days a week or 
um, I've been kind of dipping my toes into the barrel fraternity horses and stuff. And um, yeah, really, I, that's um, is a constant struggle. Um, I don't have the answer except for I just kind of keep my um, options open where if, you know, we, I kind of want to step away from one area and into another area, I can do that. And so that gives me a lot of freedom and that really helps me breathe in the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just crunch on cutting, say, every day for seven right. days a week. I can yeah, yeah do different stuff. And so... Um, yeah, I just had to really figure out how to make that work for me where I can, luckily I don't need a lot of money. Like that's not what drives me is having, you know, like the money in my bank account. I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do yeah. it. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> just yeah, the, oh, yeah sorry. kind of just figuring, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, as I'm listening to you say this, because this is something me and Meg have talked a lot about is burnout. Mm -hmm. Like, gosh, it happens. And how do you prevent Mm -hmm. it? And how do you just like handle it? And I think for me, like, you know, there's there's certain times of the year where it seems like the only thing I'm doing is crawling on colts. And like by the end of seven months of only doing that six days a week, sometimes seven, (laughs) like. I don't want to see another three-year-old for 10 years, it feels like. So I think that's really smart, like what you do, how you're kind of like diversifying how you spend your time. And I love that you have the freedom to kind of focus on different like sports and classes that your horses would excel at. You know, I think that's really smart to me, mm-hmm. smart to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just glad it's not the hardest part I found. Yeah, (laughs) no, you're not alone. It's just finding that balance, like where you're still competitive against the people who are specializing and riding like 10 to 15 horses a day and focusing on the one thing, Um, you know, because those people are hard to beat because they are putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort in one spot specifically. So yeah, just figuring out a way to like balance it all where you're still working on that timing and feel. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but staying fresh. I know for me, like that keeping that passion bright. um, Mm -hmm. That's really important for me because I, I suck at doing stuff that I don't really have. Like, if I lose the want to, I might as well just hang it up because I am (laughs) not good at stuff that I don't really care about if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, I'm, going... I'm sure Sorry. my horses kind of feel the same way, you know. I'm sure horses get burned out on like doing the same like thing every day. They're like, we got it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, going back to um, which horses you have in the barn, or like just talking about. Sorry, talking about which horses you bring into the barn and everything. How do you determine which horses you take to a sale? Like, what kind of horses are you looking at? What disciplines are you looking at? And then, what do you think determines whether a horse is ready to go into the sale? Because I, like you mentioned, you go to Art of the Cowgirl, and I imagine you go to other really uh, notable sale rings. Like, how do you determine they're ready for a sale like that? That is a great question, Meg. <laughs> Sorry, I really want to know the answer to this. Uh, so. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we really tried to just pick 
like so for instance uh like i've taken a horse out to art of the cowgirl since we've been going and that helps mm-hmm. pay for my trip and it's been a great sale for us so that's like one sale and then so this year will be the first year that we've got to consign a couple of horses ourselves to uh the ranching heritage sale in abilene in may and Ooh. that's that's one that i would like to uh you know like put a horse or two in every year and hopefully this grows into that and um there's another sale in montana um mm-hmm. league of legends and it's a really it's probably one of the top sales in the nation or might even be the top sale as far as like what the horses bring okay. on average um and so like yeah so when i just try to keep like the numbers down because then we only, you know, we're only selling maybe like three to five horses a year. Mm-hmm. So we've bought these horses as yearlings. And like, so this year to the Montana sale, we are taking or planning on consigning a six-year-old. So we've had this horse for five years. I've mm-hmm. done all the riding on him. You know, we paid a good amount for him as a yearling. He's the own son of Betty's a cat. Um, okay. Like he's just now at the point where we've put him through the steps and in ranching like right he's doctored calves he's you know gathered pastures he's right uh we've used them to wean brand calves all that kind of stuff um and like i've also uh started showing him in the ranch horse shows and uh so we've kind of put him through the steps like he's a just a good citizen he's getting to the point where like He's one-handed, broken a bridle. Anyone who can climb up there can ride him, basically. And so cool. that's the type of horse that we want to, you know, provide. We could say, and then we were putting him in a sale because, you know, I we're kind of private people here. I don't have like mm-hmm. a lot of um, like non-pros or clients like that. And so we're just kind of out here doing our own thing. And I like the fact of putting him in a sale because it's kind of like a here's our product and here's the day he's available to the client. And then you guys can sort out what you think he's worth between yourselves, right? Like I bring a product to town and then I let the people come and um, whatever he's worth that day, he's, he's worth. Right. And so that's kind of what we're looking to do. Um, That's Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, kind of what we're looking to do. Just have a handful of sales and then, you know, when i feel like they're ready when based like kind of what i said we put them through all the steps and mm-hmm. uh they're just a good solid product and that's what we want to bring to town now if we yeah. get one and say he's just not gonna fit say he just doesn't want to get that gentle or you know he just has some other issues i don't know there's other cells we could take him to i guess sure um there are still good sales, like the Triangle Sale in Oklahoma City. Um, we have taken some there. They're not bad horses. Uh, maybe we just needed to, like, I don't know. That's a quarterly sale. So if you do have to, like, hey, we're trying to build our barn right now. Um, we kind of need to get some money together where we can take him to that mm-hmm. sale. But we really tried to hold back the, like, cream of the crop, I guess, for um, some sales that we've researched and right we feel like they're they offer the best of the best and there's something that we mm-hmm. want to be a part of so that's kind of how we pick where we're gonna go with them i love it i hope that answered your question yeah i did okay you're good at this kelsey <laughs> you are. 
Uh, <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> she's all like one world titles and she's nervous getting on our podcast. <laughs> you're she, like you're recording my voice yeah <laughs> uh speaking of sales if you don't mind answering this i get question. nervous for that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of sales, if you don't mind asking or answering this question, um, how much does one of your horses at one of those top sales bring in average, like in an out, like average, how much do they bring in? Uh, for you? Well, uh, at Art of the Cowgirl, we've taken, we've taken a couple prospects out there and they've averaged between like 13 and 20. Wow. Um, for yeah. a three-year-old, um, the one that we're that I'd like to consign to Montana, I mean, I would think he should be in the fifty thousand dollar range. Oh, that's. Incredible. I mean, we'd like to, you know, I'd love to have one go for over a hundred. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think we would be happy if he brought, you know, the fifty. We'd we'd let him go. You've um, un you've undoubtedly yeah, had I success. Feel like this <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I haven't I think sold one for fifty yet. Really. Lag. Yeah, there is a little bit of a lag. So sometimes I think I'm cutting you off and then I'm not. And then I am and then I'm not. So sorry. <laughs> Meg's going to have fun editing my voice out no of No worries. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to have fun with my voice too. <laughs> Earning her money. <laughs> um, so you've done everything from work for other people to now running your own business. Um, is there any... And and you did mention that you were the first woman to win the cowboy class, I believe. You said um, at the was that at the Western Heritage show? I believe it was. Yeah, that's yep. the Ranch Horse Association of America. It's their national final. So we won the cowboy class and the ranch hands right. in the same year. First woman, which is so cool. I didn't know that about you, but I love that. Like full send, love that. Um, you have, you know, you've competed in in some divisions, um, and for example, those two classes where you were the first woman to win them. Can you talk a little bit about it, if you feel comfortable about kind of your experience as a woman in some of these corners of the industry and what you've done to become as successful as you are? Um. I think, like, especially in 2011, like, everyone was really supportive. Mm -hmm. um, and just, and, you know, I don't, it, not even, like, the Cowboys, too, and the other competitors, but just, like, everybody at that event was just, like, you know, giving me congratulations and stuff. And so mm -hmm. it was, it was a really That's cool awesome. feeling. Um, it was really yeah, it was a really cool thing to get to do. Since then, there have been, gosh, I think like, like four or five more gals come on and win world championships uh, through there. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, it's just, um, just it, it really was a neat thing to get to experience, uh, especially like, you know, growing up in California, California, and then coming out here to Texas, I think the Cowboys can be a little clicky. Um, 
<laughs> and so just kind of like stepping out there and getting to prove my, myself uh, in the arena is awesome. Like that's kind of one thing that I, you know, I've always kind of tried to have a really nice horse so that in case, in case like maybe I didn't perform, then people would be like, well, uh, I, I really like your horse, really nice horse, you know, so yeah. I kind of always have the horse as my fallback, if you will, to pick up the slack. Um, <laughs> totally. That makes I sense. I do not like something that gives me a little, a lot of confidence in the show pin is having that equine partner, uh, to lean on which was interestingly enough when i got to eat as a con road to the horror um you know that was totally and i didn't even really think about prior uh you know because you're you know stepping into i guess that show pin with not your best partner uh yep. with the horse that you just met who doesn't know you from adam or really right. anything that you're trying to show him from anything and so that was a really interesting dynamic that was different than kind of what my normal fallback plan is of yeah. leaning on my horse <laughs> to make me look cool. <laughs> well, I can tell you that so, I, um, Oh, sorry. I cut you off again on accident. No, you're good. No, you I, was, <laughs> I was just going to say, I might like when we found out that you were doing road to the horse, when buddy told Utah, I was like, figured out how to watch it on my TV in my living room. And I think I took like <laughs> literally two full days off from work. And I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to watch this. <laughs> I can't go ride any horses. I can't go ride my Colts. Like I have to be inside watching the screen. It was so fun to see you on Road to the Horse, Kelsey. And it was so fun to see Buddy on the screen too. I was like, oh my God, there's Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously that was an experience of a lifetime <laughs> tell us about it oh man um I mean I knew it was you know a big platform uh and it, you know they make quite action out of it which was you know super cool to get to be a part of but um yeah just it was definitely what I call a stretching experience something that was out of my typical comfort zone um but I was so glad that I did it. And I think by, you know, stepping out there and doing something that scares you to death, yeah. um, it really, I just feel like the momentum off of that has been really cool. And like, so for instance, um, after doing Road to the Horse and, you know, experiencing all that, like stepping into any kind of show pen with my mare has not been as scary, even if it is, say, mm -hmm. like the finals of World's Greatest Horsewoman or the Cowgirl. Like, that was not near as intimidating because, like, I had my best girl with me. Right. Um, like, mm -hmm. I had my partner, and we were, you know, we're, that's what I call her, my best dance partner, because that's what I <laughs> feel like we're doing, like, her feet or my feet. And um, so, yeah, I think do those things that scare the crap out of you, basically, because even if it doesn't, like pay off or line up maybe with your goals that you know are straight ahead of you I think in like tangent ways mm -hmm. uh it, it it will help you out and just like things that 
yeah, that scare you because then maybe they're so daunting or intimidating. Just don't let, don't let that be what's holding you back. Like the fear of looking stupid or say getting booked off because I mean, that's, that's happened to me. (laughs) I got booked (laughs) off at road to the horse. And after that, it was kind of like, you know what? I didn't die. I'm (laughs) still here. Um, Right. I'm still doing the thing. Nobody hates me for it. Um, no, no nobody way. Nobody thinks any less of me. Yeah. So just uh, that was, yeah. My goal with that was to get a check, which, you know, <laughs> we ended up getting the goal in third place, mm-hmm. $5,000. And so, you know, that was cool to get to cross that goal off. But yeah, yeah. just the things that I got out of it that I didn't know I was going to up front have been like the, the biggest. And yeah. like that's just facing your fears and, um, and overcoming them. That's, that was a pretty cool thing to get out of that process. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit of ways because you were talking about how, when you won, um, that championship, the heritage show, um, you had a lot of supportive people surrounding you, but did you ever have an experience where people were maybe not as supportive or not supportive at all? And how did you decide that you wanted to set boundaries for yourself and then get to surround yourself by people who were more supportive of you? If any, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, I don't know, like, no one, I don't remember anyone, like, being mean to me, necessarily, like, to my face, or, you know, (laughs) trying to, like, push me down, you know, like, in the moment, but I do remember I I was dating this guy at the time, and we were fighting, and so I remember, like, you know, it was still such a cool experience, and, you know, all the, you know, strangers coming up to you and congratulating you, but I can remember you know kind of being down at times because Mm. um you know you're fighting with the people in your inner circle or maybe it's not going that good and so uh you just can't you just have to basically pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just move on because those those people in those times aren't going to stick around Mm -hmm. and or they shouldn't um and just like winning or losing there's always going to be another show yeah like the next mm-hmm. weekend and so like no one's going to remember whether you win or lose like no one's really going to remember and it's you know kind of on to the next deal so don't get mm-hmm. too full of yourself one way or another just kind of like enjoy the moment when the moment's good mm-hmm. savor it take it in and then like keep 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 going towards your big goal um you know those the wins they they make it you know give you something to celebrate and you know like a moment to you know cheer and be happy but right. either way you kind of have to like go to bed take it for what it is and then like keep going mm-hmm. definitely yeah um you've been in the show pen a lot kelsey um how do you deal and you you mentioned that um road to the horse was like kind of like out of your normal wheelhouse in terms of the competitions that you've competed in. How did you in Road to the Horse or in any show pen where you've experienced like some nerves or some pressure, what advice would you give to people who are feeling kind of nervous walking into the show ring? And how do you handle it? Uh, well, 
anytime I'm nervous, that just means that I need to do it more. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. So like, so one of my big goals is like making the finals of world's greatest horsemen. And so this year I ended up 23rd, I think I tied for 23rd. So that was part of my, you know, part of winning the world's greatest horsewoman is they pay your entry fees into world's greatest horsemen. Okay. And so that event is about like a month after. So we competed in Art of the Cowgirl in January, and then we just got done showing in Fort Worth at World's Greatest Horseman. And mm-hmm. so I didn't make the finals of, you know, the, the big class, but uh-huh. I went and I imagine what it would be like, like all the nerves and stuff of that I would feel competing there. So I tried to like put myself in that situation of what it's going to be like for when I do make it then you know be my first time but it won't be my first time because I've kind of put myself in that place right right Mm -hmm. and yeah anytime that I feel like these overwhelming nerves you know you just put your head down and get through it but I know that every time that I expose myself to those nerves like they're going to be a little bit less and a yeah. little bit less because mm-hmm. you either win you either win or you learn so mm-hmm. if you don't place how you know you would like to well I'm sure there's probably about 10 things in your run that you could do better so go back over those things and be real with yourself mm-hmm. and be like what could I do so that next time I'm that much closer to hitting my goal mm-hmm. and that's that's what I try to do is just basically expose yourself yeah yeah i mean that sounds like what we do with our horses like (laughs) expose them to things that yeah you know that they're not used to and help them get less nervous every time i mean it's kind of the hope yeah anyways yeah so that makes sense yeah exactly like that exactly like that so next time you're really really nervous and you're scared to death just put yourself in your horse's shoes Just like rub yourself with a tarp or a flag or something. <laughs> Tell yourself it's going to be okay. Just <laughs> and rub it on my face. <laughs> I'll immediately feel better. <laughs> I just wrap myself in my tarp like a blanket. <laughs> Get swaddled like a baby in your tarp. Yes. So... We've asked this question on oh, the last girl humor. <laughs> we think this is so funny, but anyone who doesn't do this type of stuff that listens to this is going to be like, these people need help. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, the, they've asked this question the last couple of times on the ep, on this podcast. And I think it's really interesting. So, uh, which is, a horse that really changed your life and worldview of how to work with horses? Like, what was that one life-changing horse in your life? If you can pick one. <laughs> if you can pick one. I Good couldn't. <laughs> I've just turned 40 yesterday. No way! So, I feel like at this point, yeah, I know. Dude, I thought you were like 33. <laughs> bless, bless you. <laughs> um gosh there have been a few there have been a couple sure there have been a couple um I mean the horse uh, Boone taught tamale he was 
the horse that I was riding in 2011, who, you know, who really took me to taste like my first taste of winning. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I mean, he was a big, he was definitely a special horse for me. He's like 18, 19 now, and he's still, he still lives here. Basically, just retired in the back pasture, but, um, like, one big light bulb moment for me that I can remember specifically, uh, was I was riding him, I think it was probably, like, in 2010, so before I took him and, you know, won the stuff at the RHA finals, but it was, you know, the lead changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I... You know, you see these other people and they're, you know, doing these lead changes on like a draped rein and their horse's head is just like oh, dragging yeah. the ground. And I'm like, my horse does not look like that. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I, I ordered the Bob Avila lead changes video and like that was a life changing experience for me. Just... Like, I've never heard anything about counter canters or anything like that. And so just, you know, experiencing something where I was like, oh, I've been making this so much harder than it has to be. Um, You know, like, that's definitely something that comes to mind. And there's probably like a ton more things like that where it's like, oh, I've just been going at this rog. I'm so sorry, horse. Thank you for putting up with me. But, <laughs> that is so relatable. Part of it, you know, <laughs> you that's that's part of that's part of figuring out a feel, and mm-hmm. you know, figuring things out. You know, bless the horses' hearts that they you know deal with us while we're learning, because that's that's the catch twenty two of it. Is you kind of have to go through that as a you know while you're figuring stuff out as a horse person and mm-hmm. finding finding the feel and just figuring stuff out so um but that that experience specifically stands out to me because that was such a light bulb moment for me where I was just like oh I'm doing this wrong yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, I've, that video, I've bought it two or three different times, and yeah, I just, I tell everyone about it, and I've loaned it out and lost it two or three times, but, um, I'm yeah, gonna go was, buy it now. That's definitely, a, yeah, I recommend it. It's the best $75 I've spent, um, but, yeah, you, I mean, I just didn't know what I didn't know, you know, right. mm-hmm. and, yeah, that's the thing about horses is, you're not you're not born with this it. just a lifetime of trial and error mm-hmm. <laughs> yep mm-hmm. so does that mean you're mostly self-taught in all of your horsemanship or did you have mentors throughout your horsemanship journey that you'd go seek out and work with um i would say probably mostly self-taught that's incredible i you know there <sighs> yeah. have been there have been i mean i have you know, riding with Russ for two years, like sure. that for me, that was my college. Um, and mm-hmm. I learned so much, not just about like cutting specifically, but just, you know, what it takes to like, I touched on it before to, to do stuff on that scale and compete on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I've taken, you know, a hand, 
lessons. Like I've gone and rode with Ron Rawls for a couple, like a couple different times. And I remember the first time he was like, get a book and, or, you know, get a notebook and like on your way home, just jot down the things that are, that come to your mind. And it's just amazing how, like, I still refer back to some of those things that he told me that day. You know, it's not like yeah. you're going to, you know, learn I feel like that's kind of how my horse journey has been. Like I'll go ride with someone and like, for instance, that day he was like, why are you moving your hand like that? I'm like, I don't know. Cause that's how everyone trots across the pasture. <laughs> but so that, you know, like just being more, I do need to go ride more with people. That's on my goal list for this year. Mm-hmm. So, but I've just noticed how like the little things that, people have told me like you know watch what your left hand is doing um the other day like at the show in Fort Worth uh Nellie Murphy has given me uh, some pointers that have helped me a bunch like she's like your horse is scotching because you are dropping your hand when you're getting down in like the stop area like well (laughs) I didn't know that so I, I need to go ride with more people that's definitely on my goal sheet but yeah. Yeah. A lot of it has been self-taught, good or bad. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But. My hats are off to you, though, because that is I, I've done the self-taught route. But I mean, I was a lot younger, too, but I did the self-taught route. And that yeah. was probably the most difficult part of my entire horsemanship journey because I just didn't know what I was doing wrong ever. But I didn't know how to, but also mm-hmm. I didn't know how to expand past that. So the fact that you were able to work through that completely on your own, like I'm just thoroughly impressed right now. <laughs> Kelsey is impressive. Well, I don't think she realizes uh, it. But. <laughs> you know, one thing that I've noticed I've done is I've found like a platform I can start on that I can have some success. So like mm-hmm. Cow Horse, for instance, they didn't have a box boxing class when I first started but you know the fact that they have these different levels like get in on the ground level like you Mm -hmm. don't need to enter up like enter the lowest class that you can and like if you went out of that class great then go on to the next one but I think finding you know a little niche where you can get in and get some success like that Mm -hmm. helped me a bunch and then being real with yourself after your runs or whatever like be critical like don't beat yourself down but like you know don't blame it on the judges right look at your run and try to figure out like where can I be better how do I Mm -hmm. move to that next level and normally it's like little things like me dropping my hand in my rundown or you know like little things and yeah Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to myself here like yeah don't be afraid to go ride with people but on the other hand like go, go get the information and then go home and like, hold yourself accountable to it. Mm -hmm. Like if they tell you something like practice that every day on every horse, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm a, I consider myself a slow learner, but I'm like really hard headed. So (laughs) I will like every horse I ride that day, like I'll be practicing all, like I'll have my hand rubber banded to the horn or something. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What in what is like from your perspective, Kelsey, what is like some some advice you would give to like 
a younger person kind of trying to gain traction in the industry, kind of trying to break in, what's some advice you would give them, whether it's showing advice or business advice, that's up to you, but um, what's, what's some things you'd tell them to think about as they're beginning their journey? Uh, like put the, put the steps in. Okay. Like you gotta do, you gotta put the steps in to, you know, get the outcome that you want. Like whether you gotta start cleaning stalls or, you know, like don't be scared to like start at the base level and then like, but also find someone who, you know, believes in you and maybe give you a shot. Like, you know, I think you got to start at the ground level and work up. Like if you got to start cleaning stalls, that's awesome or saddling or whatever. But then like, it is helpful to have someone who will, you know, give you a chance to and right. give you some opportunity. And I feel like I was really lucky to kind of have the best of both worlds. Like I wasn't scared to get my hands dirty. And like, I rode a ton of trader horses through the sale barn right. before I went to work for us and, you know, cowboyed and did some stuff, but then going to work for Russ, like he, you know, he was awesome at letting me work two-year-olds and, you know, like I got to have a, a, she wasn't great, but I got to have a fraternity horse to take to the small fraternity is the second year I worked for him. And I probably, you know, I had so much more to learn and I still do, but just the fact that he, you know, would give me the opportunity that, that really, that was really awesome. So, you know, kind of figure out the best of both worlds for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. that I love that. Advice. Yeah. I mean, we all need someone who wants to see us succeed. I mean, yeah. 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 Speaking of um, advice, so this is usually Anna's job, but she had something come up, so she can't be here for the end of the call. But um, usually we ask the guests, what is their Instagram caption? No, how does this go? It's You're doing, no, you were like so there. It's like, what's your Instagram (laughs) caption of advice to your younger self? In one sentence, one to two sentences. Yeah, like it has to be a couple. Oh my gosh. Kelsey. Okay, she might have to do some editing right here while I think. (laughs) That's really really fine. Meg is a genius. Thank Uh, God. Oh, yeah. What do they say on Cow Horse? Uh, Well, Buddy would probably say it should be breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Mine would be go fast and make good decisions. (laughs) Because that's what they always say on Cow Horse Full Contact. (laughs) Go fast Um, and make good decisions. Yes. The best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I do like you either win or you learn, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, nothing is for naught. You either, you know, even like I've done it all in the show pen, I feel like. I've even forgot my rope. Um, oh. Oh. so, like, I've literally done it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that's typically how I learn best, though, is the hard way. Um, so it would pr- it'd be a mixture of all three of those. Just breathe, go fast, make good decisions, and you either win or you learn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I feel oh. like that, that could be an Instagram caption, I feel. Yeah. 
All, all three yeah. of those could be. <laughs> For sure. Breathe, go fast. Well, yeah, I just... <laughs> Sometimes I go fast and make bad decisions. <laughs> that happens to me frequently. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, well that's Kelsey, cow horse though is like not be scared to go fast. Yeah. No kidding. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kelsey. Oh my gosh, this was fun, and we laughed was- a lot. I think we laughed more on this episode than we have on any of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I had yeah. fun too. Good. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was really interesting. There were yeah there were a lot of things that I connected with, especially uh, talking about just bringing horses into the show ring because that's something that I I mean I'm leaning more towards the English world, but. Like, that's given me a lot to think about with horses that I want to get prepared for selling. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you, Kelsey. Mm. Yeah, Thanks for thank taking you. time, too, out of yeah. your busy day. Oh, same. Same to you guys. Appreciate it. And, you know, <laughs> it's awesome what you're doing, putting out content and, you know, sharing sharing all this stuff with the other people who are interested in learning more. So good on you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Kelsey. Good luck at the next show. We'll be cheering on, cheering you on from uh, Montana. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Good luck. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Real Life Horsemanship. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guest today. And if you'd like to keep up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook.